You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I'm going to get right into it. <laughs> I love um, my husband. He's, I'm actually going to be talking about David tonight. Um, but it is funny because what he said is true. <laughs> But I think it's true for most of us if we were really honest with ourselves. And um, what I love about our church is that we are fresh, real, and powerful. And we're the house of transformation. And transformation means that we're able to identify where we're at right now and then open up our hearts to allow God to do something miraculous on the inside of us to get us to somewhere else. And um, tonight I want to talk about, you know, we're off of Emerge Sunday, which was so powerful. We had Pastor Jeff Forbes and all the men. You guys are fired up. I almost, I asked uh, Mike, are you sure you want me to preach? Like all the guys heard from God and they're like amped, like ready to run through a wall. Um, And I want to hear all of it. (laughs) But as I prayed and as we talked, I realized that um, as the mama of the house, it might be nice to have a little reprieve from some masculinity (laughs) and yelling. (laughs) But really, I want to give my perspective as a woman, as a wife, and as a pastor coming off of Emerge. So the title of my message tonight is, After You Emerge. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So um, practical. So literal. (laughs) But um, I want to speak into, after we have these really triumphant moments, After you have an encounter with God that you know is going to change everything. For the men that were at Emerge, after you went into Emerge and you slayed some giants and now you're back home. Now what? Now what? You're back in reality. You're waking up, like Jorge said, in the middle of the night feeding your baby and and dealing with toddlers and your job. And no one was at Emerge. You were there, but your whole rest of your life wasn't there. Right? You know, you come home and you're like this amazing man of God, warrior, and your wife's like, okay, I can do this, but she might still be viewing you pre-emerge. So what do we do when we have these moments? How do we journey out those next steps? That's what I want to talk to you tonight. And I'm prophesying that tonight is going to be a night where you are able to concrete not just what you've experienced with God, but your next steps. That it will be a firm foundation for you to move forward into your future, into the call of God that's on your life. Because this is what I love about God. He's personal, he's relational, and he has a unique call and plan for every single one of you that is not like the person that you're sitting next to. That's what makes life so fun and interesting. That's what I love about this church. So um, it has been eight years of watching my husband lead up to going to Emerge, stalking Instagram, texting with no return, getting him back home, and then seeing him decompress after emerge. And ladies, I want you to put yourself, I know I'm, I'm speaking more towards emerge week, but I, this message applies to all of us. When we have that mountaintop moment with God, even though I'm going to be speaking more from testimony surrounding emerge, I don't want you guys to tune out if you've never been to emerge or if 
this is your first time, it's gonna apply to you. So lean in, don't check out, don't tune me out, don't miss out on what God wants to do tonight. But it's been eight years of watching the lead up. And if I'm being honest, I really kind of dread the week before merge. <laughs> because God intentionally surfaces a bunch of things that are gonna get dealt with at conference, right? And so tensions are high, finances are low all of a sudden, things start unraveling, and I'm just like, okay, God, now I know. I'm like, all right, I see what you're doing here, God. I see what's happening here. And then they go to emerge, and it's all just like, it makes sense, right? There's always warfare leading up to breakthrough. There's always warfare leading up to promotion. There's always resistance when there is a significant step forward into a breakthrough. So I, I've recognized this throughout the years. And coming back, now we're getting recalibrated as families, in our marriages, in our friendships, with the new dreams, with the new breakthroughs, and what does it all actually look like? So my f I only have two points tonight. I'm gonna preach swiftly to the point. For those of you guys taking notes, I'm so excited about baptisms. They're gonna be happening at the end of the night. So proud of every single one of you guys that are getting baptized tonight. Um, and it's just like the cherry on top of this message because we're going to see tangibly God create these amazing breakthrough moments for people. Um, but my first point is identity. I want to talk about identity. And I actually want to bring up the story of David. So David wrote most of the Psalms. But his story can be found in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. And David was known as a man after God's own heart. But he spent his first years as a shepherd, tending sheep, playing his harp, being a creative, being in his feelings with God, but then also kind of working out this muscle of warrior. Like it says that he protected his sheep fiercely. He literally killed a lion and a bear. I mean, that's hardcore. Like if you think of David as like a, just a heart player, he was so much more than that. But he was known as a shepherd. And it's really interesting because David's brothers were warriors. And he was actually brought in from the field and the Lord chose him to become king. And he was prophesied and anointed to become king one day, but then he actually returned to being a shepherd. And I pictured a lot of us, even myself included, I came into this church with the identity of who I thought I was, of the life that I thought I was gonna live. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, people started prophesying these things over me that did not make sense, like literally did not compute. And I'm sure David, I'm taking some creative liberty here, but I'm sure David was kind of like, I'm a shepherd. Like my brothers are the ones that are warriors and strong and, and are meant to do all of that manly, macho, kingship things. I, I'm happy with my harp. I'm happy in the field, me and the Lord, just talking all day and, and being in the quiet pastures and having that adventurous side of the wilderness. I'm not supposed to be king, but here he found himself anointed, chosen by the Lord, almost prophetically because it didn't happen right then. 
he returned back to the fields and he was happy, he was content. So war broke out. The Philistines had come in and they had threatened the Israelites by saying, we are going to take you down unless you can take down this giant Goliath. And they were afraid and they were fearful. And so David was ushered to bring his brothers water and food to the front lines of the battlefield from the pastures. So here comes David. He enters the scene just thinking that he's going to give some water, hydrate his warrior brothers, give them some bread, and then go back to his sheep. But then he finds himself hearing the threat of Goliath. And I'm just imagining him thinking, what in the world is going on here? We have the Lord on our side. And so he, he defeats Goliath. The interesting thing is his identity did not shift after he was appointed to become king one day. His identity shifted in the eyes of the men around him after he killed Goliath. And from that day forward, he was referred to as a warrior. Not a king, a warrior. And it's been a resounding theme with the men coming back from Emerge that they are warriors. And I actually saw this picture, just like David, of of a lot of you men in here going to emerge with the identity of a shepherd, going to emerge thinking that you knew who you were, and then you were confronted with your Goliath, and you had the Spirit of the Lord that came upon you, and you threw your burdens into the fire, and you prophesied, and you received the Holy Spirit, and you came back on fire, and now you no longer are viewed as a shepherd, but a warrior. But I wonder what David did in his private alone time. After that first initial battle was won, the conflict inside, the renewal of his mind that he had to go through, the identity that he had to accept. Because from that day forward, and you can read in 1 Samuel, from that day forward, he was sent out to battle after battle after battle. And if he had not had the identity of who God was first, he would have crumbled. Because Goliath was just the beginning. It was not the end. Your breakthrough moment is just the start of your journey of being who you actually were created to be. It is not the finish line. And if you view your breakthrough as a finish line, you will revert back to who you were, even though in the eyes of the Lord, you are king, not just warrior. And for you to get to kingship, you have to allow God to transform your identity of who you are because of who he is first. And then and only then will you be able to step boldly as a warrior into every single battle from this point forward. Because church, battles are a coming. Goliath was not the only one. Goliath was just a test to see if David could step out from being a shepherd into warrior. But once he was a warrior, there was no turning back. First Samuel 17 is where David killed Goliath, but in chapter 18, verse five, it says, whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. He just kept winning. 
But if you look into the psychology of who David was, I actually did a little research and I found that the first Psalm that David wrote after he killed Goliath was Psalm 9. Psalm 9. And the title of Psalm 9 is, I will recount your wonderful deeds. And I think that there's so much wisdom in that. It's so easy to boast, like, yeah, I'm awesome. Like, I went, I won the trophy. Like, I'm, you know, the bomb diggity, whatever you want to say. But the first thing that David did was he reminded himself of who God was. He reminded himself that it was not by his strength, but by God's strength. He reminded himself that he was just a shepherd boy. It was God that made him warrior. It was God that moved through him to, be, to beat Goliath. And it will only be God that will bring victory moving into our futures. You see, let us not be foolish or prideful to throw out the very thing that brought us victory in the first place. It is God and only God. And that has to be our first and only foundation. Who does God say you are, but who do you say God is? David was a man after God's own heart because he knew that God was the only one that deserved every single bit of glory. And his whole purpose on earth was to point that glory back to him. Psalm 9 starts out, I'm just going to read a little stanza of it. I will give thanks to you, Lord. And just picture, this is right after he defeated Goliath. He wasn't saying like, yeah, did, did you see me, God, when I threw that stone? Did you see my form? Like, I've been practicing that out in the fields for years. Did you see when I just nailed him and then I cut his head off? Like, that was so epic. This is what David says. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all of my heart. I will tell of all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praises of your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back. They stumble and they perish before you. For you have upheld my right and my cause, sitting enthroned as the righteous judge. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Endless ruin has overtaken my enemies. You have uprooted their cities. Even the memory of them has perished. Can we have that posture towards God coming out of Emerge, coming out of our breakthrough moments, coming out of the promotion, coming out of the restoration, coming out of you being a part, the privilege and honor of being a part of what God is doing in our city. Can we point that glory back to God? Because it has to start there in order for us to continue to win battle after battle, in order for us to continue to take on courageously the identity of warriors. Can we? 1 Samuel 18, 14, later on it says, in everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. It is because of the Lord that we have victory. We sing it in our worship songs. We read it in, a, in the word. But in our private time, as we are helping our family transition into how they view us, can we stay rooted in the foundation that our identity begins with God and only him? Amen? Amen.
Cheers. Okay. <clears throat> Point number two, mindset. I actually love talking about this because I have had a battlefield in my mind, and I have had victory after victory with mental battles. But I really truly believe that in order for us to continue to emerge as the men and women that we are created to be, we have to be intentional about our mindsets. We have to be intentional about what we allow into our minds and what we do when thoughts come into our minds. Because you actually have been given authority through Christ to be the one that determines what happens inside here. So I'm going to read you two scriptures. And then we'll unpack this together. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That scripture 10 years ago is what catapulted me into my journey of getting freedom from anxiety and panic attacks. When I had the revelation that I could actually take captive my thoughts and make it obedient to Christ, transformed everything, changed everything. Was there a journey attached? Yes. But it was the beacon of hope that led me to believe that I could actually learn how to be in control of my thought life. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So two th things that I want to point out really quick. If you are conforming to the patterns of this world, if your life looks exactly like the life of your neighbor who is an atheist or a non-believer, there's something not right. There's something off. If the hashtags of this world are hashtags that you're a many, something is off, something is not right. I was having a conversation with Mike and he, he shared this, so I'm gonna share my version of it. <laughs> but he was having an honest conversation and I, I'm really grateful because we've created a safe place in our marriage where Mike can be honest about his emotions. And wives, if you're quick to snap at your husband or to say like, that's dumb, like, why are you thinking that? Like, you should be da 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 Like, you'll never have a safe place for your husband to actually be honest. Can you have security in who God is and trust that his plan for your marriage is so big that that you're able to embrace an honest moment with your husband. It's a word for somebody in here. But he was just sharing with me, you know, how he's been really hard on himself in his thoughts. And he was just sharing with me what those thoughts were and how it was making him feel. And I literally looked at him and I was like, you do realize that if you thought those things towards me or even vocalize any of those thoughts towards me, you would be an abusive husband. And I felt the Holy Spirit when we, were, when we were talking together because I realized that it's so sneaky of the devil, but he will, he will have you get away with so much more than you would never tolerate hearing from somebody else. And if we want to move forward with the calling on our lives, the prophecies, the things that, 
Maybe it's uncomfortable when somebody, a connect leader or somebody in this house prophesies over me and you're like, how would you ever say that about me? Do you know who I am? Do you know the things that I do, the things that I've done? For many of you that went to Emerge, you went in with addictions. You went in with things that were holding you back and you were freed in that moment. But now begins the work of allowing God to transform your mind. And it's gonna take work, you guys. Like it's not just like a free get out of jail pass. It takes real effort. It takes real courage to transform your mind. It is the hardest work that I've ever had to do. But think about how you talk about yourself. Think about the, the critiques that you have over your body image, over your performance at work, over who you are as a mom or a dad or a family member or a friend. Is that acceptable? Because I believe that a lot of us have just not taken the moment to realize, wow, this is not acceptable what's happening. It should not be acceptable what I'm allowing to think about myself. And if we have that foundation, like I said, about the identity of who God is, then it will catapult us into allowing ourselves to, to be transformed with how we think so that we can continue to forge forward. I believe with my whole heart that if you continue to plant yourself in this house, it is almost foolproof that you will not be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But we have to take those courageous steps. We have to allow God to point out, that doesn't align with my word. That is a lie from the enemy. I'm gonna teach you how to discern right from wrong. I'm gonna teach you how to not be conformed by the patterns of this world. We need to let worship wash off all the crud that we pick up from the world, all the things that we're hearing, the things that we're exposed to, the things that we're shielding our kids from. It takes work to win battles. And this life, living for Christ, is not void of battles. It is saying yes to the battlefield. And we gotta realize that we are tough. We have to realize that we're good for it. We have to realize that the Word of God is true, not just for your neighbor that's always here, but for you, for you. I, um, just a little bit of background about me. I thought up until coming to this church that I would be a really great wife and raise kids and be like a homesteader and have chickens and bake my own bread and live a quiet life. <laughs> and I relate to David as a shepherd. But when God calls you, and you surrender your whole life. I surrendered my whole life. I didn't know, you know, back in the 90s and early 2000s that 2020 was gonna happen. I didn't know that God would call me out of a quiet life and put me up here, which was the most scariest, uncomfortable thing that I've ever gone through ever. <laughs> but God gave me a love for you guys, so it's worth it. <laughs> I am gonna be honest with you, there are moments, even recently, when I've started to fantasize 
about that previous life that I thought I was gonna have and go back to what now would be in Egypt for me. Because once you're on the other side of a breakthrough, once you've taken down a Goliath, Egypt will never satisfy. Your Egypt will never satisfy, but your mind will play tricks on you. The devil will try to convince you that Egypt is where you wanna be. And I'm telling you, church, we have to recognize and discern and have the ability to continue to forge forward and not look back. We are a church that looks forward. We are a church of the prophetic. We are a church that believes just like the Psalms that God is a lamp before our feet where we move forward, where the light is in front and not back. But can you be courageous enough to not turn back, to not go back to your old old patterns, to not be conformed by your past? It's gonna take work, shedding, remembering, redefining, continuing to renew your mind. Are you up for the task of warrior? Are you up for the task of saying yes to God fully, fully surrendering your life? It's gonna take real effort. I'm not gonna do it for you. Pastor Eric is not gonna do it for you. The Holy Spirit though is here and he says that he is your helper. He is your counselor. He is your friend. He is the one that goes before you, that holds your right hand, that gives you strength to be both strong and courageous. That is what is offered to you, church, but what are you gonna do with it? What are you gonna do with the call of God on your life? What are you gonna do with your Egypt? The Israelites wandered for 40 years because it took 40 years to renew their mind. They were only a few days journey away from the promised land, but God would not let them step foot until they ridded themselves of their Egyptian mindset. Even if it takes you 50 years, this church will be here. You will be here. And even if it takes you your whole life, We believe that God is a God of his promises. We see it happen every single day. And as we emerge as the women and men of Awaken Eastlake, I am prophesying that we will find a footing like we've never felt before. We are going to find a courage rise up in us because God has called us to be the ones to be alive in 2022. God has called us to be the mothers and the fathers of 2022, not 1985, not 1960. And we are up for it because we have seen Goliath taken down and we know that if we can do it back then, then we can do it in the future. Come what may, come what may, it doesn't even matter. We're gonna look forward and not backwards, church. Amen? Amen. If you guys can stand to your feet, I want to pray over you, but I have a question for you, and then I'm going to pray. And the answer is going to be different for every single one of you in here. So if you can bow your head and close your eyes, this is my question. What is your next step? What is your next step? For some of you, it's actually surrendering your whole life to Jesus and saying yes to the battle. For some of you, it's signing up for DNA, for actually making the choice to plant yourself in this fertile soil. For some of you, it's joining Connect Group, actually having healthy biblical community, surrounding yourself with people that you can eat with and talk through your life with and get wisdom 
godly wisdom to stop being conformed by the patterns of this world. For some of you, it's setting your alarms and getting up early and going to men's and women's prayer and learning how to pray, learning how to actually be a warrior. For some of you, it's applying for that dream job that you've always been scared to apply for. For some of you, it's asking a girl out on a date. For some of you, it's booking that vacation that your wife's always dreamed of going on with you. And for some of you, it's actually stopping work at a time that will allow you to have dinner with your family around the table. What is your next step? We are a church of the next steps. We make it pretty easy here because we're a discipleship-driven church. But I believe as I pray that God is gonna highlight to you what your next step needs to be. And I believe that we're all just gonna take it step by step. David didn't go from shepherd to king. He had to become a warrior first. And this is a house where you are going to find yourself becoming stronger and stronger in Christ, stronger and stronger in your faith, stronger and stronger in who you are. And we're gonna cheer you on and we're gonna be there in the valleys and we're gonna celebrate on the mountaintops. But this is what we're not gonna do. We're not gonna let you stay stuck. We're not gonna let you stay where you are. This is a house of transformation. So let me pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you, God, that you are here with us, that you are strengthening us, that you are breaking off old mindsets, that you are highlighting the lies of the devil. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now, that you are speaking what our next step needs to be. I thank you that we are a house of transformation. I thank you that you are a God of truth. And when we follow you, we get the way, the truth, and we get everlasting life. So Lord, I pray over every person in here that they would continue to pursue you, that they would bring to you just like David did, their real honest thoughts, their real honest dreams, their real honest emotions. And I thank you, Jesus, that you meet us there. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that tonight as we walk out those doors, we would feel and experience the firm foundation that comes from knowing you. It's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.